Hi Lion Tribe, welcome to another episode of the Lebu Lion Show. I am Lebu Lion, your host, also known as the voice of marketing. I'm also your friend in all things brand building, marketing, business, mindset and sometimes pop culture. Now today we have a jam-packed episode featuring your mom's favorite brand. <laughs> okay, like seriously, it's featuring your mom's favorite brand, maybe even your grandmother's favorite brand. But before we get into it, don't forget to do the good things like share, subscribe, comment, and follow me at labelline underscore SA or at the Label Line Show on all social media platforms. Because remember, if you're not online, you do not exist. So please follow us. Let's engage. Let's have conversations. Let's share these conversations with other people who need to hear it. Because when we share ideas, we get to grow, we get to expand how we see the world, and we become better as people. So, I promise you that today's episode is all about your mom's favorite brand. I don't know how many of you can guess which brand I'm talking about, but I will give you a clue. It's a kitchen brand, so it's a kitchen uh, appliance, say appliance or kitchenware brand, and it was trending on Twitter about a week ago, right? For those of you who know what I'm talking about, because I know some of you are very sharp. When I say these things quickly, you know what I'm talking about. But the brand is Tupperware. Firstly, how many of you actually knew that Tupperware was a brand (laughs) and not a word we use, like a noun that we're using just to call anything that we store things in? Like, I don't think a lot of people actually know that Tupperware is actually a brand. It's the same as how black people will say Colgate, but they're actually meaning toothpaste. You know, people use Tupperware in the same way when actually Tupperware was actually a real brand. Now, I want to go into a little bit of the history of Tupperware because before we started recording, (laughs) the team was having a very funny conversation about what were you using before Tupperware and I was just I was laughing so much so we'll talk about that as well but I just want us to understand where Tupperware comes from and I need to read it because I want to be very clear about the actual technicalities of uh, this brand called Tupperware so Tupperware is actually a 77 year old brand It's been around for a very, very long time. And it was started by a guy called... Well, before I even talk about who started, it's actually been coined the miracle product. Because at the time that it was invented, it used innovations that had never been seen in the market before. And that's why it was so successful. But it was started by a guy called... Earl Tupper in 1946. He was a scientist and engineer and he innovated this plastic container that was supposed to preserve food. This was in a time when uh, refrigerators and other methods of preservation weren't really around. So someone came up with an idea, Earl Tupper came up with the idea of creating this plastic that, you know, preserved food, that stopped it from getting germs and all the other wonderful things. So it's been around for a long time and one can arguably say that it's been a very successful brand for a very long time. And I think it came to South Africa in 1954, if I'm not correct. So it's been around also in SA for a while. And that's why it's become this household name where it's almost 
um, transformed and extended over being a, a, a product and become a brand. Such a big brand that people use it as a noun to, to, to describe anything that is used to preserve food in a plastic container. So why has such an iconic brand that's used by so many households on the continent in the world, why has it fallen? Why are they saying that they're about to shut down, that they need money, that the brand just isn't relevant anymore? I was honestly very shocked when I saw that Tupperware was shutting down because if you are somebody who is a digital dweller, so somebody who does live online and you see everything online and your worldview is kind of painted by the things that you see online, you'll see that of the kitchen content and food content that exists, uh, storage, kitchen storage stuff is a big content segment. In fact, it's created a lot of millionaires in Australia and in other European countries. So anything that you're using to store your food has become such a big content field, right? Even on TikTok and Instagram, people will have ASMR videos just showing themselves storing the food, showing you how beautiful the food looks when it's packed in these beautiful containers, right? So it's a very, very big sector. How did Tupperware lose out on this revolution when and actually, the time is now for Tupperware when it comes to working with the new generation. I was really shocked that this kind of brand was falling, right? And the first thing that I thought of was, is it because maybe they're not taking part in this in this kind of content? Maybe uh, Tupperware isn't creating that storage content that we need to see of girls who have nice kitchens and they're busy storing all their things and color-coded whatevers. Is it because they're not there? So I went to their social media pages and they've actually got a lot of followers on their social media pages. So I was like, maybe then uh, they're not too sure who they're speaking to, you know, because when you look on the page, you can't really tell the age of the, the customers. I don't know if it's mothers or if it's like young people. I honestly can't tell. And what kind of mother? I can't tell. But I also feel personally that the design of a lot of the things they do is quite old school. Um, and I think, you know, maybe our mothers you know women in their 50s and up would appreciate that design but maybe for a younger demographic who love the white aesthetic who love the pretty things that Tupperware really isn't meeting our aesthetic needs and that's why it's falling as a brand and then I actually went and read about it why is Tupperware the brand falling and they said it's because of two things one it's because they're not able to create the right messaging that appeals to a younger audience and two that they didn't innovate their sales strategy quickly enough to meet the needs of the new market so let's unpack this we'll go with the sales strategy one first so how Tupperware actually boomed is because a woman, and I forgot her name, I think her name was Bronwyn, she joined the team. She approached Eric at some point and she helped him sell this thing because he didn't know how to sell it. He's just a scientist guy. He creates things. He doesn't really know how to sell. So she said to him, let me show you how to sell this thing. I've already sold it and it works and, I, and people love it. Let me show you how to sell it. So they ended up becoming business partners. And she's the one who came up with the whole concept of Tupperware being sold at uh, tea parties and lunch parties that women have, housewives have, right? And that's how the wholesale strategy of Tupperware came about and that's how they became a really big brand. They would literally give their stock to housewives. Housewives would host tea parties or whatever, sell it to one another, use the thing, demo it to each other and then uh, move stock, right? And that model worked in the past. It worked for the past 55 years. It was working for them. But what they saw is that with the way that technology has become so relevant, with the way that people actually live more singular lives. So we're not living in big families. We're not living with our friends. People are living alone. Uh, they're having very nomadic lives and that kind of thing. 
the concept of selling things in that way just wasn't working anymore. And the company didn't have strategies to sell in a way that was different to that. Yes, they did have retail partnerships with different companies. But I think what really, for me, uh, impacted the retail selling ability for Tupperware was that aesthetically, the product couldn't compete on the shelves. Because remember, we talk about that marketing mix, the seven P's of marketing. One of those things is place, right? So where is something placed? Which shop is it placed in? Where on the shelf? Did you guys even know that when you want to put your product in retail, for example, where you put it on the shelf, on the actual shelf, you know, in the aisle, each shelf is charged at a different price because each shelf has different commercial value in terms of the eyeline of the consumer. So if the customer can't see the thing easily, that shelf will be cheaper. The easier it is for the customer to see it, the more expensive the shelf becomes, right? So let's say your company can afford premium shelf space. Wonderful. That's the place. But now you're going to compete with other brands based on other things, packaging, brand relevance, all of those things. And I think for me, Tupperware didn't stand out enough as a brand, you know, and the, the, the way it looked wasn't modern enough. It wasn't relevant enough. Uh, compared to the other products that were stocked next to it on the top shelf. And for me, I think that's why their retail partnerships didn't help them in moving units. And then the second one, one is appealing to that young market, the reason why they're not succeeding. And I mean, that's pretty obvious. Like I said, I haven't seen Tupperware in ASMR videos about um, shelving in, in the kitchen or even shelving in the bedroom. Because we know now that all of these companies that are booming and making, creating millionaires in Australia are actually creating um, storage things made of plastic and glass and whatever for bedroom, your makeup, whatever, and for the bathroom, shelving in the bathroom, and then in the kitchen. We're using same brand, just different areas of the home. And I don't see Tupperware owning that space. I haven't seen their branding on any of that kind of content or even them creating that kind of content. So I completely understand why they would be losing with the younger market. And aesthetically, like I said, for me, yellow, green, orange, whatever around the plastic thing. I mean, who's still buying that in 2023? Honestly, who is still buying that? I, I just feel like it's it's a little bit off base for the, the modern uh, consumer. And I also read somewhere that actually in the UK, Tupperware has just stopped selling completely. Like there's just, it's done for there. And it seems to be uh, seeing a, a similar trend in other parts of the world, which is why they're saying that they think they're going to shut down. So, I mean, this is a very layered conversation. I'm pretty sad. The brand, it just feels like this like old school nostalgic thing for me, you know. It reminds me of my childhood. I know many of us have moms who shouted at us because we lost one of the Tupperwares at school or whatever. But we lost it because Tupperware was expensive at the time. And Tupperware, I think their pricing strategy is also a problem. Because they're pricing themselves as if even in 2023, they're still new to the market and that their tech is innovative when it's not anymore. People are doing similar things. And I could also argue that we are a very environmentally conscious generation. <laughs> and... Does, is plastic still sustainable? You know, is it still environmentally friendly? Do we believe when companies say, oh, this plastic is biodegradable, whatever, do we believe that they're actually telling us the truth or do we think it's just a marketing scam? I would have diversified outside of plastic 
if I was Tupperware um, because the world is moving to glass. It's moving to more sustainable things. Um, and I think Tupperware should have jumped onto that before it became too late. So now you guys know that was a heavy session. I'm sure you've learned some marketing lessons in there. If you haven't, I don't know what to tell you. Rewind, you know, watch it again because we really did speak really about the, the principles of place and packaging in relation to retail and building a product-based brand. Uh, so take those because they really do matter. Even when you want to sign contracts with different retailers, consider those things. Don't just say, I'm going to be in checkers, please. It doesn't matter if you're in checkers if no one's buying your stuff and checkers. Also huge consignments. There's so many things to consider. Don't just run to retail, guys. We've got e-commerce now. Work on those websites. It's cheaper. You don't have to have a huge consignment of stock. Legally, it's much easier. There's so many other ways to sell your product than putting yourself slap bang in the middle of other competitors who might even have more money than you. So being in traditional retail might not always be the best place marketing p to 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 put your your brand or your product if you want to sell large units just a, a a thought for you guys to go home with now as you know we always like to open this conversation up to the crew because they're they're our voice guys they ask me the questions and they ask me things that i haven't thought about guys what do you think of tupperware going bust so i think uh you know so i thought to myself uh, sometimes with these brands that like have been like around for brand. years, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think for them it gets to the point where, as you say, like they don't know what to do and they're just like, you know what, it's fine. You're gonna close shop, right? Do you think like do you see like a lot of legacy brands not wanting like them not wanting to jump on what's happening then as like they're being lazy or they're being safe? They don't wanna use what's current right now. Because yeah. the point you made about glass, I wanted to say, I was thinking that actually, why didn't they make glass, you know, to make it like a premium, more appealing to the housewives of wherever. <laughs> Housewife <laughs> of Danifan. So, yeah, I think there, my, my question is, do you think is that they get to the point where they're like, I, we don't want to do all these things. We are done. We are tired. We take our money and then we'll go. Mm -hmm. Whoever wants to take over will take over because another thing i get it you get that now they pass on the business to their kids and their kids sometimes don't really care about business you know and they just like yeah you know he just want to be a rapper no, no offense to the rappers <laughs> no offense to the rappers you know so like for brands to actually like do you think they're playing it safe not wanting to continue when it comes to the point where okay we are stuck now do we continue or do we just close shop i think Oh, that's a very good question, right? And it's very layered because now we're talking about legacy brands. I don't know what the ownership structure was for Tupperware, but if they did make it a family-owned business, then there are many dynamics to family-owned businesses that usually lead to their demise. We see this with like Gucci. Gucci's a family-owned business. It was. For it the was, yeah. Time. The, the family was running it into the ground until they sold that thing. Uh, I think Louis Vuitton is the same. There are many like companies where you can see the stories of like legacy brands and when the family runs it, things go badly, South, yeah. you know? So I don't know if Tupperware was a family-owned uh, business. I don't know. Mm. But if it was, then they'd have those challenges of like family dynamics to work with. I think just on the topic of a legacy business, that's a business that's been around for a very, very long time, right? And they usually cross generations so it's not like one generation they've been around for three generations of customers of consumers or two generations of consumers 
And I think what happens is if you find that you're successful for the first two phases, maybe first two generations, then you become complacent and you might say, mm. but our strategies have worked over time. Mm. So why would this new age defeat us? Why reinvent a wheel? Exactly. Mm. Why, why, why change things up when they've been working? And I think for Tupperware, that was the case. You can't have, we're living in a really tech driven era. And when I say this, I don't just mean computers. I mean, innovation. Okay. So I mean, if what, what's that thing called? Um, uh, I forgot it. It's so annoying. But you know, if you were making plastic, if it was if it was if it cost a hundred rand to make plastic 10, 20 years ago, it's costing two rand now, right? Like there's so much technology that's in place that is innovating the way we do everything, and so it's reducing the cost of many things that we're using on a daily basis, which is making entrepreneurship easier because more products can be created at a lower cost, which means more people can play in the market, right? So when you start to live in such a competitive landscape where your USP as a company was leading technology, best plastic in the world, no one's ever seen this kind of thing. And then you're in this era where actually now there's so much technology, there are other plastics that are just as good or even better. Then you've got a problem. You need to innovate. I don't think any business that started now or in the future will ever be able to be complacent for more than a year. Because technology makes everything move so quickly, quickly. that, you know, the 10 years other brands used to have back in the day, you've got one month. That's your 10 years. <laughs> okay? One year is 100 years or 120 years. Like, we're moving quickly. Businesses are moving quickly. Sales are happening in an hour. You know, now we can actually have those measures where someone can say, this brand is successful because they sell out in an hour. And that's something that's easy to replicate these days. So it's highly competitive. Tech has made things way, way easier, which means there's more comp competition. And that just means that you cannot sleep on your laurels. And Tupperware is just a great example of that. But the problem is when you have a big company, it's harder to innovate and keep up with trends. Because there's so many people who have to approve things before hey. anything can get done. And that's also why even you sitting at home and you're designing a business or you have a business, you, you cannot think of big business the way it used to be in the past. Now big business is 10 people. But what makes it big is revenue. <laughs> you know, you need to be agile. So we need people who are making lots of money but have a very small staff complement who don't have lots of hierarchies so that they can make decisions quickly or they're going to lose in this age. So it's opening up the industry because you can have a whole lot of big businesses, but it's not people with like a hundred employees taking over the entire game because it's just not possible if you want to be able to move quickly. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good question, but yes, I think that's what's happening. I think it's a bit of complacency and not understanding how the dynamics change in a tech-driven fourth industrial revolution age. So you know, you know how sometimes I'll, I'll use Nando's. You know how <clears throat> Nando's likes to th throw spies in in uh, in like yeah. Spies, apparently. <laughs> so as as you were saying, I'm thinking. So me, for example, we we like we used to use what, what did you want to call it? Ice cream tins, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think an opportunity exists for those brands to now actually check that okay, Tupperware is no longer in business? Mm -hmm. Maybe let's see how we can get people to buy ice cream and like make it a two-in-one product. Mm -hmm. 
when the ice cream is done, you get uh, as much as that what we used to do, but now bring it to people's attention like that. Do you think an opportunity exists for brands who like have Tupperware or like tins uh, as as a form of a, like a container to now leverage on Tupperware closing? That's so interesting. So Jacob was asking if there are opportunities for brands to leverage off of Tupperware closing. I guess insinuating that there will still be a gap for storage products. So therefore, which brands can leverage? I don't think there's a gap. I think there are many players in the game and that's why Tupperware is losing, you know? Because if they were the only option, then they'd still be okay winning with their really weird strategy that they have. But I do think that... Uh, we are in an era where people want more bang for their buck because the economy is going barely up for all of us, not just in South Africa, literally around the world. Things are becoming more expensive. It is becoming harder to live. So I think products that are winning are the ones that you can use in multiple ways. But here's the trick, I guess. And if you research brands and you look through history, what you find is most companies don't have the natural instinct and intuition to be able to understand how their customers will use the product. They just kind of imagine, okay, our team will use the product in this. I mean, our customers will use the product in a certain way. But once they bring it to market, people tend to use the thing differently to what you thought. So the multiple use dimension of a product actually ends up lying in the consumers. They tell you how they're going to use it differently. And then the job of the brand is to say, oh, we see you doing it like that. Let's put in our marketing messaging. Let's improve our product so that it can fully accommodate that multiple dimensional use that now our product has, you know. Uh, But I don't think it's something that brands can intuitively just do. I've found that historically people tell the brands that they're doing that. And the brands that listen incorporate it into the new version of the product. I think these brands also like they become too arrogant like ugh, we'll always be in business anyway because mm, people are going to use yeah mm. yeah any other questions do you think in the current market <clears throat> there is still room to be building those uh, legacy businesses because what do you call this Tupperware has been around for a really long time mm. But the brands that are coming up now, they see, sort of seem as if it's for now. Yeah. You know, are we are we going to be a hundred years from now? Who knows? Talking about what are people using these days? Um, whatever, whatever is the equivalent of uh, what you call this Tupperware. Uh, Maybe Coca Cola will still be around. That's the thing. Um, I think we're living in an era of brand. Brand is not tangible. It's not a thing. It is a concept. It's a feeling. It's the reputation. It's all these other things, right? So what you're seeing is we might be seeing a very fast movement of products product in and out of the market, but we're seeing brands that sustain uh, the test of time. So that's why we keep saying to people, build a brand and then sell things under the brand. Because then you can consistently, over time, leverage off of your name to sell anything that you want to sell. You can move with the market with trends, uh, but sell whatever you want to sell 
under your brand because your brand already has the equity it has the reputation all of those things that it needs to to make you credible to make people buy from you to have that audience and the ambassadors and the all of that that actually keep your brand alive so i would say you know even the kardashians their brand 15 years ago is not the brand now they weren't entrepreneurs when they started they were just a family right and now they're entrepreneurs but now they want to be academics and they can do that because it's all housed under their kardashian brand now they sell skims maybe next time they'll be selling fruits and vegetables i don't know um but they'll find a way to make that relevant under the narrative of their brand they sell brand everywhere they go they're selling this intangible thing they're not actually selling the products and services that they provide to people so i'd say to people don't be too don't don't hold on to this concept of i created this product and it's amazing and it's going to be in the market forever it isn't things are innovating way too quickly for you to invent maybe something that i can shave my arms or whatever with and you think it's going to stay in the market for 20 years it won't there's unless you have the technology to keep innovating as well but if you don't build brands build brands and sell anything under your brand and you'll be fine forever so we're going to have legacy brands not necessarily legacy products or businesses that's what i think we're good that was a heavy session actually i didn't expect it to be like that i thought we'd be like very quick tupperware boom boom we're done and i mean we had actually designed the show to have first the pop culture conversation then the marketing 10 minute marketing lesson and then the motivation but it seems like the pop culture and marketing keep coinciding like they just merge with one one another so i don't have to do that again because we've just done it i guess we're just left with the motivation part am i good um i decided today to use one of the uh, the tweets that I shared, right? Because you guys know I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Leveline underscore SA uh, to get your morning motivation, some marketing threads, all of that good stuff. But I tweeted this and a lot of people were like, I don't understand. Or some people were like, you're such a genius. Then they tried to tell me what I was saying, but they all got it wrong. <laughs> so let's talk about this and just demystify this tweet. I said, attract, don't chase, become, don't act. A lot of people assumed that I was saying, attract money, don't chase money. And then they said, which confused me, don't become whatever. Um, don't become successful, act successful, something like that. But they, they confused the becoming and acting part. Basically, what I was saying with this tweet was, attract whatever you want. Whatever you're trying to get in life, attract it, don't chase it. If you have to chase something, it's not for you. You can't keep something that you chase. And then when I said become, don't act, I was saying become the thing you want to be. Don't try to act like something you're not. You know, we are living in a world where a lot of us are documenting the things that we do, blah, blah, blah. And it's so easy to compare yourself to other people because you see their pages every single day. It's in your face. So there is that pressure to act what you want to be instead of actually being who you are. And I'm saying be who you are so you can become the thing you want to be. But if you try to act too much, you miss out on the experiences that are present for you as you become. And when you become, you can be like a level line who sits here 
guys you can throw anything at me i will find a marketing thing in it i know this thing because i've had time i've had over 10 years learning the stuff teaching myself experimenting in the different businesses i've consulted for it's not just me talking because i'm so great i have had time 10 years people ask me how do you speak so well i've been speaking since i was 12 years old i've been doing competitions overseas as a speaker since i was 12 years old i've had a lot of practice speaking a lot of practice speaking i'm not going up on stage because i went to church for two years and now i feel confident to hold the mic Yes, I'm throwing shade. Absolutely throwing shade. Okay. Because not all of you are speakers and you know you're forcing things. So don't do that. All I'm saying is become, don't act. Allow yourself to go through the experiences that life has for you. So you can really be a goat at what you do because you've got the experience to back it up. Anywho, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, be kind. Follow us at labellion underscore SA and at the label lion show. Until next time, <laughs> the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Toodles. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Label lion with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Label lion with the podcast. Teach you lesson because I got class. Label lion with the impact. To be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Yeah. Come let me teach you a lesson. Label lion with the tweets. Follow me back to my